God is good. Yes, excellent. Um, I love the fact that everybody's been quite responsive. Um, I get to talk on, on prophecy today, and last week Barney spoke on the same passage that I'm speaking on today, um, and I'll get into that, except that last night I had a dream, and uh, I'm a little bit upset that I had a dream, because it's the young people that have visions and the old people that have dreams, which means that I have transitioned <laughs> from one to the other. <laughs> yeah, slightly worried. But no, I did have no, I did have a dream, and um, and it kind of fits with what happened last week, and a little bit of what I sense God is is going to do today. The first dream was that Tim and I had gone away for a weekend, and that's not just wishful thinking on our part, but we'd gone away for a weekend and uh, been at a nice hotel, and the first part of it, sorry, and. We had woken up each day and gone out and done something, but we realized that we'd missed breakfast each day. Now, I don't know about you, but like I love a hotel breakfast. Like there is something about a hotel breakfast, isn't there? And we just felt really disappointed that we'd missed this hotel breakfast. And, uh, and I realized when I woke up in that moment, it was this thing of, um, we had this incredible talk last week. I think last week, Barney explained um, the, the gift of tongues so clearly and, um, and the fact that eight people spoke in tongues for the first time. Um, I just felt like maybe there were people here that felt, I wish I had responded to that. I wish I had gone forward. I wish I had got prayed for and received that gift. Um, and actually, that dream just prompted me to think and say, well, actually, you haven't missed out. The gift of tongues wasn't restricted just to last Sunday. If this Sunday or any day of the week you want to ask God for that gift, um, you haven't missed out. That was the first bit. And then the second bit is relating more to what uh, I'm speaking on today. And that was, um, as we were going home, we'd gotten, some tr we'd, we'd gotten a train and um, our luggage was put on a trolley and we'd turned round and then looked back and someone had rifled through our luggage and stolen stuff. And when we kind of looked through the luggage, we realized that the only thing that was missing was my, was my laptop. And I just remember that, that sense of, oh my goodness, my laptop's gone, you know, the worth of a laptop. But more than that, all of my work, all the stuff that I've been working on was on my laptop. And Tim just very wisely, he just leaned over and he went, it's all right, Jazz, it's all backed up on the cloud. And, uh, and it was that kind of relief of all the work that I needed was actually still accessible. And, and I felt very much for today, as we look at the gift of prophecy and what that means, that there are people sitting in the room and you would consider yourself a, a mature Christian. But for whatever reason, you have not been exercising the gift of prophecy. Perhaps at one stage, you exercised that gift a lot. You were used to using it. And for whatever reason, that gift has stopped or you have, you have suppressed it. And I feel very much that as I'm speaking today, God wants to stir that gift in you again. That actually, that gift hasn't been closed. It's not been stolen from you. You haven't had that gift robbed from you but that gift is still yours and accessible today. So at the end of my, my preach this morning, we will have a time to pray. And I would, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm giving you a heads up, that at the end, you will be invited to respond. And you will either be responding um, for receiving the gift of prophecy for the first time, or you'll be responding because actually you want to stir the gift of prophecy again. Or actually you're like, do you know what? I didn't get the gift of tongues last week. I really wanted that. And um, I was too scared to come forward. You can respond to that 
as well. So all the while I'm talking, you can switch off if you want because you can come back in in about 20 minutes and go, yes, I'm responding. Got it? Cool. All right. So um, uh, I'm just going to read for you the sort of the first bit of 1 Corinthians 14 and the last bit. I'm kind of kind of bookending it for you, largely because Barney spent a long time reading the whole of 1 Corinthians 14 last week. And if you didn't hear that message, can I encourage you to listen to it? Just get a hold of it and listen. It's on YouTube. It's available. So uh, 1 Corinthians 14, starting at verse 1, it says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the, gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be edified. And then 1 Corinthians 14 ends with this. Two, starting at 29, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. Well, you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So today I'm concentrating on the gift of prophecy, but I'm talking about uh, prophecy in a public setting. Um, so in a setting, so I'm not talking about your private prayer life or your private walk with God. I'm talking about a communal setting, which could be this gathered setting here, or it could be your small group, or maybe you're involved in, in a prayer group with some other people. Anywhere that you can prophesy where you are not on your own. And I love this passage in 1 Corinthians 14 because it's a really instructive passage. And it's like really detailed, and it's like you can't actually miss what Paul is saying. He's giving you instructions as to how you conduct yourself when you gather together in worship. Barney explained that this particular context, in this context back in, in the day when the Bible was written, was a context of house churches. So they didn't have the same kind of gathering, perhaps we are, this large gathering that we've got. They wouldn't have had mics, they wouldn't have had the tech. So this was a context where people were shouting over one another and Paul is giving some clear instruction as to how you need to conduct yourself in a public context. In this passage, whilst acknowledging that there are many, Paul is acknowledging that there are many spiritual gifts, he's addressing just the two, the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy. And the passage itself demonstrates that the use of gifts within this gathered assembly is not only expected, but it's actually, it's, sorry, it's not just okay, it's actually expected. We should expect to be able to use gifts in this context. And this morning we heard wonderfully as Pete came and brought a tongue and then Frank came and prophesied it. I would expect more than that. And actually when Sarah was leading us in worship, that song at the end, that was her just being utterly prophetic. Her and Edward were kind of doing their thing, speaking out about God's faithfulness. And that was them being prophetic. I mean, that was a little bit off piece, wasn't it, Sarah? A little bit? Yeah. We weren't quite expecting to 
to do it. But it was, kind of, it, was, it was cool because we sensed the spirit of God and we should be expecting that when we gather together. And we at Gateway want to encourage and facilitate the gift of prophecy within our church. And the key to this passage is right there in verse 1 because it says, eagerly desire the gift of the spirit, but especially prophecy. This doesn't make tongues a lesser gift. Um, it's just simply in a public context, such as the church, prophecy is a more accessible gift to everybody, especially those who don't yet know Jesus. And the goal of prophecy, the absolute goal of prophecy, is to beautify and strengthen the body, the whole community. So we're left with what is prophecy, how do we do it, and where do we do it? And my hope is that by the end of my message, that we will all have a greater desire, like just a greater love to want to prophesy, not only on a Sunday morning, but also in our small groups. So what is prophecy? Uh, a helpful definition, a working definition, is the human report of a divine revelation. Essentially, it's having revelation from God, which we share in a communal or public setting. Prophecy isn't necessarily about foretelling the future, though that sometimes does happen. Nor is it simply just sudden flashes of inspiration in which someone comes to know or something or understand something that they couldn't have imagined, and they have to then move at once to speak it out, although that also happens. But in this passage, Paul's emphasis is really on the fact that we need God-given wisdom, understanding, insight, and teaching if the church is going to move forward rather than going round in circles. I know that I don't want to go round in circles. As a church, I want to move forward. So prophecy itself is a gift which we see right the way through the Bible. So in the Old Testament, you see it. Uh, God gave, uh, there were prophets. I mean, Isaiah, you can read about him. And if you read the book of Isaiah, you'll see that the, the birth of Jesus is foretold. So there were those prophets that we recognize. But then... Um, there are also there were prophets that um, they announced warnings, uh, and they always sought to point people to God. In the New Testament, we also see the gift of prophecy. Jesus exercised the gift of prophecy day in day out in his ministry, and we too, as the priesthood of all believers, uh, we've been given this gift by the Holy Spirit. And I just want to make a, a distinction between the gift of prophecy and a prophet. Some people become prophets in this day and age. That happens. They are people who have given themselves to this gift. They, they've sensed that call and they've given themselves, they've tested. Um, and probably over time, it's a journey for them. But we are all prophetic. All of us can be prophetic. We might not necessarily all be prophets. And, and so everybody in this room can be prophetic. Paul speaks of prophecy as a revelation which comes from God through the Spirit, and its purpose is to build up and edify the church. I'm going to keep saying that so that we get it. And this passage is all about ordered spontaneity. Um, so let's just say, when I said that everybody has, in verse 26 it says this. It tells us that everyone has a song, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. That is absolutely everybody. So the fact that when I've already pointed it out, Sarah and Edward uh, were singing over us uh, just now, 
They, they brought their gift to the table. They brought that prophetic word. But we all can have a song, a lesson, a revelation, or a tongue, or an interpretation. It is for everybody. No one is missed out. But it doesn't mean that everybody on that particular day will have something to bring. Um, and it doesn't mean to say that if you have something, that we will get a chance to, an opportunity to bring it. But the gift isn't limited to just one or two people. But when we do exercise the gift of the Spirit, it is a sign that Jesus is at work in our body. And prophecy can be broken down into many different types. Some are words, which help us focus in God. Uh, some are dreams, as I've said. Some words are directional. Uh, some are just more thoughts about who God is and the wonder of God. Um, Prophecy can exhort, it can rebuke, it can encourage, it can give insight, it can open scriptures, it can teach, give instruction, and always, if done in the right spirit, it will build up and edify the church. And in the same way that no more than two or three tongues uh, should be brought, uh, and we're told to wait for an interpretation, only two or three prophetic words should be brought, and the message evaluated. And the passage says that the message must be evaluated by the others. And the others are you. So when someone comes to the front and brings a prophetic word, that is not the opportunity for you to sit down and kind of tune out. That is the opportunity as we all participate when a prophetic word is brought. And that is the opportunity where we engage with the prophetic word and we evaluate it. How does that fit into our lives? What is Jesus saying? How does that impact me? How does it impact the people that I serve? How does it impact us as a church? We are the others. We, if we're, but when we're evaluating the word, we can fall into two opposite errors. One is if we um, judge the person who brings brings the word, and because like you know they 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 regularly bring a word, and you know that they're like when they bring a word, like they're really listening to God, and you know they're always spot on. The danger is that you don't evaluate the word, you evaluate what they bring. Oh, sorry, you, you evaluate the person. You're like, oh yeah, Mary Smith, she's like, she's always great. She's always going to bring a great prophetic word. And you don't kind of judge the word, you're just judging the person. And effectively, what you have done is you have made Mary Smith a mini God. That's what you've done at that point. You're not evaluating the person, you're evaluating the word. Or the other error that can happen is, oh, Mary Smith always brings a word. She's always picking up the mic and bringing a word. And do you know what you've done at that point? Is again, you've judged the person and you've made yourself a mini-God because somehow you've disengaged from the word that is being brought. We're not called to judge the person. We're called to evaluate the word. Before I go on to... Um, the practical aspects of prophecy. Um, I do want to highlight the importance of being careful about what we bring and how we bring it. And we do need to evaluate the words given to us. So I'm going to share a few practical stories, really, to help us. Um, I recall an incident where one of my friends, I'm going to call him Lucas, that's not his name, but, you know, just, just for the sake of the story. Um, he, was, he was in a regular prayer triplet with friends of his. And for many years, he had been on quite... Uh, heavy medication for depression. He'd had a breakdown in his, his 20s and was on this, this incredible medication, I think maybe about 20 years in now. 
And um, one of the people in his prayer trip, who he'd prayed with for many, many years, said, I feel God has told me to tell you that you have been healed and you no longer need your medication. So my friend Lucas, on the strength of this one prophetic word, came off all of his medication instantly. Now, I don't know about much about medication and um, all of that, how that works. But what I do know is that is an unwise thing to do without any medical help or intervention. And rapidly, my friend Lucas spiraled out of control and ended up being hospitalized. Um, amazingly, he came right the way through. He did. He's, he's on medication now. His wife and his family, you know, none of them lost their faith in Jesus. They're all pressing on. But that was a clear example of where we should evaluate what is being told to us. And like, he may well have been healed. I'm not denying that he might have been healed. But actually, there are, there are sensible ways of coming off of medication. And I share that story not to scare you or to worry you, but really just to highlight the importance of considering what we bring and how we bring it. So I've just got some quick tips. I'm, I'm talking about the evaluating first before I talk about how we actually do it, simply because I think this is really important. So the clearest and easiest way of testing scripture, I've got some points up here. It says, um, the first one is, does it line up with scripture? That's the easiest way of testing if someone's bringing a prophetic word. Does it line up with what God says? Because imagine, imagine if you fell out with somebody and someone brings you a prophetic word which says, you don't need to forgive that person. In fact, you can be really mean about that person. Oh, and you're allowed to go and gossip about that person. We would all know that that would not be a prophetic word from God because none of those things line up with scripture. So you can immediately test the prophetic word when it lines up with scripture. Is it what Jesus would teach? Also, you can use your God-given, Holy Spirit, common, common sense. You know, we have the mind of Christ. And you can kind of feel it. You kind of know, is this, this is a God moment. Is God speaking? Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep coming back to the fact that, you know, when Sarah, when you sang that out about God being faithful, God was speaking to us in that moment. Like, I felt it in the room that God is faithful. We need to know. We need to be reminded of that, that God is faithful. And if it's a directional word, you need to ask for confirmation because God is not the God of confusion. He isn't going to give you riddles to try and solve, but he is, he is the God who gives you clarity and he makes straight your paths as you commit your way to him. And so, and so if, if there is a directional word, if God's telling you to move to the, you know, out of Mongolia, ask for confirmation. Don't go on the basis of just one word. So how do you actually hear from God? Well, for each of us, it's very different. As I've said, you can have a picture, maybe a passage of scripture, sometimes it's a phrase or a sentence, but you actually have to act on it. So how do you do this? I was trying to work out how long ago, I think it was about 20 or so years ago. I'm an old woman and I dream dreams. Um, I, uh, I remember I was learning this whole thing of like how you hear from God and there was this phase where I don't know if you guys did it in this church uh, there was this phase of treasure hunting it was really quite a long time ago now I didn't realize it was that long but it was before our kids were here and um 
And I read the book. So treasure hunting is basically, this, it, was, it was something that's come from America, and you, basically you're, you're seeking God for prophetic words. You kind of write a list, and it's like it creates a map, and you can go out into the streets and look for the clues that are on your map. And when you find your people that are sort of identified on your map, you can tell them about Jesus or, or whatever it is. And so I, I read this book. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's really easy to hear from God. So I rang my friend Rachel. She said, Rachel, you've got to do this for me. She comes around. We pray. We make this map and on my on my piece of paper I had this I had the name Pat I had the name I had bad back um, long time red jumper walking stick I had those five clues on my bit of paper and so I folded up the bit of paper put it in my back pocket and I went out to do my work and I was really excited so I thought, I'm gonna meet somebody called Pat and at lunchtime at, at our church we used to have this um, uh, lunch club for the retired so I thought well, there's bound to be a Pat in the lunch club for the retired. So I went along. Do you know, it was about 50 people in the room, not a single pat. You'd thought there'd be somebody that would be wearing a red jumper. Absolutely no one was wearing a red jumper. There were plenty of bad backs and walking sticks. I did pray for a few people, but you know what? I didn't feel it was right. And then in the evening, um, I, I, in those days, I used a silversmithing class in the evening. And uh, the silversmithing class was kind of broken into two groups, kind of accidentally. There was the group that took it really seriously, and they were, like, working really, really hard. Then there was another group that kind of, like, you know, worked a little bit and were chatting, and there was quite a lot of laughter. I will let you decide which group I fell into. Anyway, in the break time, the two groups kind of came together, and I saw a woman in a red jumper from the other group, and I sort of went, I wonder if, I think she might be called Pat. So I just stuck, stuck up a conversation. I said, I, you know, checked that she was Pat, and she was. And I was, like, getting really excited. I'm like, Pat, can I ask you, do you have a bad back? And she's like, I do. And then she gave me, like, a 20-minute discourse of how bad her back was and uh, how she's had it for such a long time, and sometimes it's so bad. She sees a walking stick. And at this point, I am like, yes, everything on my piece of paper. Pat, red jumper, bad back, long time, walking stick. It was all on my bit of paper. So I pulled out my bit of paper, and I said, Pat, this morning, I, I was praying, and I just felt God showed me this. And she read the list, she goes, oh, yeah, and she laughed that she was wearing a red jumper. I said, I think God might want to heal you. Would you like me to pray for you? And she said, she's nowhere in her life. She just looked at me, and she just went, no, thank you. <laughs> in all of my years that I have been a Christian, she's the only person that's ever said no to prayer, because most people are very open to prayer. And, um, and I was so disheartened. You cannot imagine. I'd been building myself up all day. And I got home, and I just, as I was praying, God just said this to me. Well, I just felt this revelation. But I heard from God, and I heard accurately. That's not me bigging myself up. I'm like, that's just saying God, God does. He speaks, and he is clear. He's not a God of confusion. And, uh, and so I was encouraged. And I continue to do that sort of stuff. I've done that for many years now. When we moved house, so just to, to, to help this, this out, when we moved house, we moved just 10 minutes from where we used to live to a, another house, and, I, and we'd only been there about a week or so, and I, um, so this is about 10 years from the Pat story to this story, and um, uh, I, was, I, I was doing the new school route with the boys, and I was coming back up the, up the road, and there was this woman walking towards me. I'd never seen her before, but she was obviously in tears. And just as I'm walking towards her, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit just say to me, she wants a baby. And I'm like, great, thanks, God. 
And so I'm just saying, hey, how are you? And I didn't say anything else because it would be highly inappropriate for me to walk up to a random stranger and say, excuse me, do you want a baby? And so, so all I simply said was, hello, um, you're crying. What's wrong? And, uh, and she, she said, um, Gina, her name was, and she just said, um, I want a baby. Those were her opening opening words to me not hello she just I want a baby and in that moment I knew that I had all the faith to pray with her except that I didn't know what to do because and turn, she's Chinese she's Buddhist she didn't believe in Christianity because a little bit of a conversation and so I said look I'm a Christian I can pray for you she was so utterly desperate she explained the shame that she felt for not being able to get pregnant she was in her early 40s it was just absolutely distressing for her and so I just prayed a one-line prayer with her. And pretty much, I didn't say to her, I'm just going to be really clear, and this is about me explaining how you deliver a prophetic word. I didn't say to her, God's going to give you a baby. I just knew that I had the faith to pray. And pretty much nine months to the day, she had a baby boy. And she lived ten doors away from me. So I see her all the time. Well, you see her. I live here now. But... I used to see her all the time, and you know her her childminder lived opposite me, so she'd always be dropping off a little boy, and um, and we'd always talk. And when we talk, she would always say, "This is my miracle baby. Thank you for praying." She'd always said she never became a Christian, not as far as I know, not yet, um, but she will do because I'm praying, and um, and other people are praying for her. But but actually, she would say that that baby is her miracle from God. And, um, and so sometimes when you get a prophetic word, you don't have to discharge it all at the same time. So that, that pat word that I had, it was in my back pocket all day. You don't have to bring it there and then. Sometimes there's a better moment to bring it. And other times when God reveals something to you, you don't necessarily have to say it. But it's something that God is saying, God is doing in you to build up your faith. And, um, and so I'm, I'm sharing those stories just just so that you kind of understand how we bring prophetic words. But when you do hear from somebody, you, when you hear from God, sorry, you do need to bring it to the front. And that's because we are being ordered in our um, worship, if you like. And the reason that we're asking you to come to the front to bring it is one, to be able to use the mic. And the reason that you need to use the mic is so the people at the back can hear the people that are watching online can hear, and we're recording it, so it will be recorded well. But also, there are people with, uh, with hearing impairments, particularly in our second service, and they sit on the front, and they can lip-read you. So actually, we would love it if you came to the front so that we can all participate and listen and, and, and be part of that prophetic word. Um, we would encourage you to come and speak to the host. So this morning, Lecky is hosting and just sort of say, hey, I've got this prophetic word, uh, or I've got this I want to share, and just explaining what you want to say to, to the host. And the reason for that is not because we're controlling, it's simply because we want to be able to fit it in into the right bit of the service. Or it may be that we've actually got a lot of contribution, or we know that the service is super long, and we, don't, we can't fit it in that week. 
And sometimes you can actually email your prophetic word in or your testimony or the thing that you want to share. Email it in during the week so that we can find the right slot for us. Sue Hall did it the other week, actually. She wanted to bring her testimony. It wasn't a great testimony uh, about uh, her healing uh, this last year. And so she wanted to bring that, and she emailed it in. She says, when is the best time for me to bring this? And she wanted to bring it that Sunday. We said, we haven't got time this Sunday. We're going to ask you to do it the following Sunday. And it was so good. It was so helpful because we gave her the space and the window to be able to bring it really well. And also, choosing not to get put out if we can't use your word that day, in that moment. Sometimes we have to say no. It's not because we're judging you or your prophetic word. It's just because practically it doesn't fit in at that moment. And you've just got to like suck that one up, exercise all the grace and go, that's cool. I'm good with that. Thank you very much. I was just wanting to bring something if I could. So the reason for doing all of those things, all those practical things that I have just said, is simply is that we're positioning ourselves for growth. That's what we're doing. When we're explaining how we're ordering the service, when we're explaining how we prophesy, why all these things matter, it's because we're positioning ourselves for growth. It's all right if we're a small group, we can shout across the room, but actually the reason for doing all the things that I've just said is because we're expecting to grow as a church. It's really important that we understand that. And then practically, because, you know, it'd be really weird if I then asked you all to prophesy now. Because for some of you, you're on a journey you're like, there's no way I'm going to do that. And there's others, others of you that would jump at it and be like prophesying all through the break as well. So what we're actually going to do is on the 12th of July, it's one of the, so in, in July, we've got four Wednesday evenings and there are four nights of prayer that we're going to be having in July. One of those, we're going to turn into a prophetic workshop. So the 12th of July, I'm just giving you a heads up now, that's when it's going to be. And you, we're going to come in and we're actually going to do some practical like skills on how you hear from God. We've got some activations and we can work that out and we're going to practice on one another. Because um, we're not going to do that this morning because that would be a bit weird and a bit like how are we going to manage that with this many people in the room. Um, so that's going to happen then. But what we are going to do now is we're going to go back to what I said right at the beginning is we're going to respond. And we're going to ask God for these things. We're going to ask for whether you feel like you missed out last week and you wanted to have the gift of tongues and you are, I didn't come forward to receive prayer. Or one, you're like, I've heard all this about prophecy and I can see how it builds up and edifies the church. And actually, I want to hear from God more. I want to hear what he is saying. I want to learn what that is about. I want this gift to grow in me. Or you're like, you know, I used to use this gift all of the time. And I don't do it anymore. It has been robbed from me. Maybe somebody has said something to you that stopped you from using that word. Or maybe you've just had some teaching which says, gifts of the Spirit aren't for today. I'm going to challenge you today and say, actually, gifts of the Spirit are for today. For the building up and the edifying of the church. So can I invite you just maybe just to close your eyes, just to rest. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask you to, in, for the, if you want to respond in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. But um, we'll just, just rest in God for a moment. Father, your word is so rich and it's so beautiful. And we love it when you speak to us. We love it when you give us revelation. 
And so, Holy Spirit, would you come now and just rest on us? And if today you'd like to respond to any one of those three things, can I invite you to stand just where you are? Please don't miss out. There's lots of you standing in the room. It's beautiful. I have the privilege of seeing that. Holy Spirit, I want to pray for every single person that's standing and even those that are not sure about standing. Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, just to come now and to release the gift of prophecy. Release it right across the church. Father, for every one of my brothers and sisters who are standing right now, I ask that you'd go deep with them, that you would give them pictures, you'd give them words, <laughs> you'd give them dreams, you'd give them insight, revelation. Father, that you would stir the gift of prophecy in them so that they just it just comes out. That, Father, you would use each one of them to beautify and to edify the church and our community. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. You can sit down, that's fine. Guys, if you would like more prayer in that area, afterwards in the break time, I've asked a few people to stick around. They will come and pray for you um, and really, you know, just, just stand with you in that, in that whole gifting. Um, and if, even if you didn't stand and you'd like to get prayer, we would love.